Esme. She's a queen. This is dedicated to all my beautiful queens, all my beautiful ladies out there. She's a queen. Go queen. for joining another episode of the Key Chat. Today, my guest is Ms. Tanika Peoples, and she has this great company called Seed to Shirt. She is the founder, CEO, and managing director, and this is like a really interesting company, so we're just going to dive in and learn some more information, some new things just about all the stuff that she has going on, and things that she's doing to educate people. So how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing today? I'm really glad to, the listeners are joining us. Hi, everyone. I'm Tamika. Great to be here. I'm doing good too. So I want to like, like I said, this is a really interesting company. Um, so can you explain Seed to Shirt, you know, like exactly what it is first? Because I, like, I'd rather you explain it because I know it's really interesting. And I know it involves organic cotton, things like that from Africa. So I really would love you to explain it. Yeah, I always like to tell the backstory, right? Uh, <laughs> Seed to Shirt, we're a vertically integrated apparel production company. We make blank apparel t-shirts and we offer custom- customization options for our customers through our print fulfillment center in Georgia. But it really started with us looking to kind of brand and market ourselves just like everyone else, right? But we know, we were what we were noticing is that, you know, we we're at the forefront of pushing fashion, you know, even perhaps sometimes making making clothes or, or fashion lines, but we really didn't have kind of this connected tissue back to the the actual commodity, the thing that makes your clothing. Um, and our black farmers were completely kind of overlooked in this process, right? And so we really worked at building a company that could source and use um, organic and cotton from black farmers in US and Africa. And then we looked at how we can produce that line with that cotton from those farmers. Um, so we were really intentional about how we built our company and why, right? We, we didn't want to um, see us cut out of all of these fears, right? Have that disconnection where, where our cotton farmers are barely surviving, or, or, and, but the fashion industry or the apparel industry is thriving, right? And so we just didn't like that disconnect. And so we created this company back in 2018 to really address those issues. Um, and we're not, we're not blind to the needs of our, of our, um, of our brands and our corporations, right? You know, people don't just buy blank t-shirts. That means with nothing on them. They typically want, you know, a, a saying on it or, you know, something to represent who they are. Um, and most companies are going to to always brand on an apparel line. And so we we worked very diligently to partner with organizations here in the U.S. to help us offer branding services for our apparel line. So see, to shirt, we, the reason why we say vertically integrated, right, is because we mm-hmm. control, uh, own and control for each element of our apparel line. And, and that's really important. Um, also, we really work hard on making sure it's it's ethical and equitable. Um, 
equity starts at, you know, from, you know, time we are looking at the, the type of cotton that is going into our apparel line, all the way to, you know, what happens after we get our earnings, you know, we're triple bottom line. So we say we want to give back, we want to impact the very people who make our t-shirt possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll talk a little bit more about that here in a moment. So I hope that gives the, the audience a greater sense of who we are and what we do and why we do it. <laughs> Now, I know like your background is you're a veteran, right? I am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> oh, oh, how did you transition from, you know, being a veteran to wanting to be an entrepreneur? And then, of course, with this entrepreneurship that you have, like you said, it's about giving back. And it also has to do with the environment, too. So, like, how did that all, you know, come about? Right. I I often say, so um, background, yes, I am a veteran. I I served 10 years in the Air Force. I did deploy and do a bunch of things for my country. Um, The transition from, you know, being in the military to doing this work um, was at that core. The the core of everything was about the service. Um, I I, I couldn't, I, I noticed, right, that as I was coming back into our communities, coming home, right? There was this, this these, these social ills, <laughs> right? That I felt like could really be addressed through entrepreneurship, right? Through actually having a business and, you know, being intentional about how we spent our dollars and, and, and providing tools and resources and um, impact in our local community, either through volunteership, but it, it just, it kind of, made up who I was, right? I, I'm, I'm a person who naturally understood the power of one and community and the power of service and giving back. So uh, it was just came naturally. I feel like everything that I learned in the military uh, and everything, I, uh, you know, I know about, you know, you know, running organizations and structuring um, models that can, uh, can help, um, help uh, grow a company. It was all the things that I learned in the military. I was just applying those skill sets. <laughs> so it just came really natural for me to want to find solutions, um, build those solutions, and then kind of implement them over time through Seat to Shirt. Now, I know a lot of things that I was looking at, like you have a lot of different things going on too. And I know like Black farmers, I think it's something that people aren't really too educated about like my family actually you know my down the line you know were farmers and things like that which was typical for African Americans you know to have viable way to provide for their families you know back in the day you know being farmers so I know one of your programs is a farmer enrichment program so can you talk about that yeah, of course. The farmer enrichment program really was spurred from, of course, this connection to our producers. Um, one of the things we wanted to do with that program is, is impact um, African-American farmers and African farmers who we work with across the supply chain. Um, for for African-American farmers, we are less than you know 2% of the farming community here in the U.S. I understand that we've lost millions of acres of land since 1920. You know, there's this this insidious kind of situation that has happened to our Black farmers here in the U.S. And I often see this same, these similar challenges that we face 
that our African smallhold farmer, uh, cotton farmers face um, in West Africa who we are connected to. So it was really important for us to develop a program that addressed, you know, you know how, do, how are we ethically sourcing from these farmers, you know, paying them fair value, market value for, for commodity and things that we want, uh, want to source from them? How are we providing tools, resources, education around um, environmentally friendly practices, things that we just naturally do as uh, farmers in this space, you know, as indigenous farmers, we, we have these practices that are, you know, now being adopted by the world and being stamped organic, right? So how are we, in, you know, wrapping services around the farmers that need tools, resources, maybe access to market and training, and we're providing those things to the farmers that are part of our program. Um, and then for us, it's about the idea of legacy. You know, what can we do to partner even with potentially other, other, other organizations who are providing things like succession planning, succession training planning. A lot of us, a lot of Black farmers have uh, Harris property. You know, in West Africa, we're seeing the same challenges with access and rights to lands for women. So we have devised training programs that address those issues. And, and we do that either through partnership or our direct training outreach to those farmers. You know, it's our, we, we intentionally titled the program Enrichment, right? It's about enriching our farmers' lives, not just a system profiting off of everything that is produced from the land. Literally everything that either we have on or we eat or that we use daily comes from the land. And, um, and the people that, uh, you know, knows the most and have taught, you know, many of centuries and millennia of people about agriculture have been indigenous and black people. And so, you know, we need to make sure their lives are supported and their livelihoods are supported, not just by sourcing from them, but also wrapping around services and support areas that's needed for our farmers. Now, you know, like I said, I think this black farmers in general is just something a lot of people just don't, they're not aware of. So what, like, did you have like a background in knowing about, you know, farmers, like, you know, obviously you have the military background and everything, like, how did you gain this knowledge? And part two of my question is, man, you, you know, had the brainchild to do seed to shirt. Like, I know you said that you are working with African farmers. Where did the idea come from to say, hey, like, not only are we going to work with U.S. Black farmers, but we're also going to tie into Africa. So how did all of that come about? Okay, so I'll ask, answer your first question. Um, so the first question about how, how did we discover, I learn about um, the work or the plight or the, the issues with Black farmers. Um, it really came from this um, if you will, deep research and deep connection to trying to understand how I could source, right? So when you start to go to intentionally make a commitment to working um, with our people, with our farmers who are on the land, you learn a lot about the challenges, you know, the data. I'm, a, I'm naturally a data head. Obviously, I, I, I look at the information that's out there uh, in the world, either from USDA census records or honestly just interfacing with our Black farmer groups and cooperatives to understand what are these challenges um, and how do we lean in to support those challenges, right? Or, or overcoming those challenges. Um, and so it, it honestly just was a commitment to wanting to connect and learn about 
our Black farmers, um, whether here in, in the U.S. and also in Africa. Now, you, the second quest, part of your question was, what made us connect to Africa in that way, uh, intentionally source um, also from Africa and even do some level of production in Africa? You know, I think it's really important that African-Americans who perhaps don't have a connection to the continent in, in, in maybe a business way, but have some knowledge of the continent in general, that we understand that we are African people first, right? Um, and that as a diaspora, whether we, regardless of where we exist on the, on the globe, we need to advocate and connect to each other uh, for the purposes of uh, remembering, uh, building community and, and building trade connections. Um, because oftentimes uh, there's this level of extraction and exploitation that happens with the continent. If we think you know, the challenges <laughs> here in the US are, are bad, imagine that extrapolated in, in some of the places that we uh, work in. So it was our desire to understand how we could source cotton in Africa, what those challenges were uh, with respect to transformation in Africa, and how can we be part of the, that solution of being able to, you know, to produce in a way and source in a way that does not extract and brings value, because, you know, we are of one people. And um, I, I just fundamentally believe that I, there's things in my upbringing that made me really understand um, that, you know, African people, um, we need to connect. Um, we need to consider ourselves, um, you know, a global unit. And that is really the only way that we're going to, we're going to address all of these ills that, that face us, whether here in the U.S. or, or in Africa or in the U.K. or in the Caribbean. Um, we are one people. And so it was, there was no question uh, uh, whether or not I should be doing work in Africa. It's just when and how, and we made a commitment to do that. Wow. So something else I wanted to ask you about was, yeah. and this is organic cotton, you know, it's helping the environment, the earth. So something else I wanted to ask you about, which I know a lot of people are definitely not educated in unless they directly work in this but something that I saw that sparked my attention with your information was soil science so can you enlighten us you know on soil science and also how does seed to shirt contribute to the environment you know I think right now people are more in tune with doing things that do help the environment whether it's our eating habits or just straying away from chemicals to certain things that we're using just to help, you know, the earth. So can you enlighten us on just the key factors of soil science and also how the seed to shirt, you know, contribute to our environment? Oh, great question. Um, so, um, we implemented soil science and soil health support to our training and support to our farmers um, in order to address this issue with the reduction um, of what we would call soil organic matter. These are the nutrients that are in the soil that um, help replenish the soil, retain water, uh, in, in essence, help your, your plants or anything you put in that soil thrive. And some of the, the um, uh, environmental issues are focused on how do we address uh, retaining that soil organic matter and reducing what we would call carbon emissions, right? And so there's certain industry sectors that are larger contributors to 
carbon being emitted in the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Agriculture is one of them. Of course, textile and apparel is another, right? The oil industry is another. And so we wanted to, if we were going to do any type of training program or wraparound services or the, the work that we were doing with our farmers, we needed to address this issue of soil health. And so our farmer enrichment program has, has elements of soil health, soil training, indigenous practices that we are doing alongside our farmers to help implement practices on the land that help to retain that soil organic matter and to help reduce what we would call greenhouse gas emissions and then over the life cycle improve the environment. So when people ask, you know, why, did we, why were we intentional around sourcing organic cotton was because we knew that in the, and I, I kind of don't like the, the word organic and I'm going to tell you why here in a moment, right? But the intention around sourcing organic cotton is because we, there are certain practices that are employed on the farm that are friendly to the environment, helpful to the soil, and less harmful to the, the, the land and the people who would then plant these plants, right? And for, in our case, cotton. Um, organic or certified organic is really um, uh, uh, a more of a managerial process of saying, hey, did you do these things on your land? Did you, you know, did you harvest the cotton in a particular way? Did you plant it in a particular way? Did you not treat the soil with pesticides? Did you need, use a non-genetically modified seed? And then there's like standards, bodies of standards that would then inspect that farmer's site, right? And certify these practices and these resulting crops. Um, there's a lot of information out there about the, the fraud in that particular system because of the challenge, right? This dichotomy that lives in, in the nature of that certification versus the nature of what you have to do on the farm and how a farmer would then get their livelihood. So I'm not going to speak to those fraud issues or anything like that. What I would just submit is we need to be thinking about how agriculture and other industries are positively contributing to environmental and social um, situations or uh, in improving those social situations, period. Now, if you want to manage it and stamp it organic, that's great. But at the end of the day, indigenous peoples, black peoples have been doing this type of natural farming, you know, companion uh, cropping and planting for centuries. And we need to get back to these practices. We need to encourage these practices and we need to intentionally source um, if you're in a apparel line or if you're you know someone who pr even produces let's say a, a natural juice product you need to be intentional about how you so source the raw products for that commodity uh, or for your final product that's what we want to encourage that's why we focused on soil health because we knew that it mattered and those were the things that were going to help positively impact the environment support the people on the ground and do and do the the um, and meet the missions and the goals of our program. Now, definitely break down. You know, I know you said the term organic things like that, and I know that's kind of like a a mixed bag, especially when it comes to foods, right? Because a lot of people, you know, they want to eat healthy. They, you know, they enlightening themselves about processed foods and just things, you know, to help our body. And sometimes the term organic is like, hey, that stuff is still processed. You know, it's not necessarily safe. 
So what are some of the differences? You know, so like I said, especially when it comes to fabrics, a lot of people don't know, like you just really broke down a lot of the backgrounds on how, you know, how these things come about and how certain chemicals are used or how it may not be beneficial. So what is the difference for someone that's like, they, you know, like I said, they want to help the environment. They really just don't know. They want some education on this. So what is the difference? I know you said you have some issues with the term organic. Yeah, I, I would just say I, I, I understand that it's more an administrative management held to standards process. Um, it, it takes a long time for a farmer to, to transition to a certified organic, right? Because um, the intent with that, with, with the overall um, status of organic is to, to get back to more natural practices, less pesticides, right? What are the, 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 the original seeds or has it, has it been modified or not? And so in the apparel industry, we, um, there are several elements that goes into the, the approach of making a final material. Okay. For cotton, I'll just keep it very simple. For cotton, there's, hey, uh, you know, obviously you're, go, you know, you're, you're, you're doing things on the farm that aren't you're pesticide driven. You're not using a genetically modified uh, seed. You're um, using kind of low till practices. And that cotton then goes through several series of processes that would then be um, make up that t-shirt um, from ginning to knitting and spinning and that sort of thing. Organic or GOTS certified or Global Organic Textile Standards, this is the, the regulating body that says, hey, we've looked at not just at the farm level, right? Because some people might say I've used GOTS certified cotton, but then there's these other elements that that cotton has to go through, right? Um, the gin piece, the the spinning piece, then it has to go to another mill to get spun again so it can become a final material, they actually look at each one of those stages and they say, well, did you use, you know, did you use chemical inputs when you process this through this, the knitting piece? Did you use any um, other chemical inputs when you finalize carding this material? So these regulating bodies in the global organic textile standards are trying, are working to put very hardened standards in place to hold each chain of that element to a particular processing uh, standard that does not have harmful chemicals uh, that would then when we get that final material and we put it next to our skin, right? Your skin is the, the largest organ on your body. So it's going to absorb over time. It could absorb these dyes that have harmful materials in them into your body. And, and so they're the body that helps regulate that. And so the difference is Organic, the term organic is just saying you use mostly to all natural processes throughout the entire value chain. For food, they look at it the same way. For textiles, they're going to look at every piece of that chain that went into making your, your shirt or your material or that final product and say, did you, were you held to these standards when it went through that chain? Mm -hmm. uh, and then there's also some information that they look at with respect to labeling. Um, how did you label the package? How did you ship your, your items? Were they separate, separate, then, separate, kept separate from, let's say, 
non-organic non items because there's this ability to cross-contaminate. So there's just levels of being held to a standard that helps to reinforce the, the organic certification models, um, whether it be for food or whether it be for um, uh, apparel in the textile, what we would call the textile industry. Wow, that's definitely a lot of layers on how that comes. <laughs> <And I'm> like, <laughs> packaging is something I think people don't think about that part. I think when we think organic, we just, oh, it's natural, but we don't think necessarily on how it's even packaged and shipped. Cause like you said, that would cross contaminate. Uh, it's just something I think people really don't take time and think about. It just preserves things like that. I just don't think that naturally comes to mind. So like I said, this is really, I've never even heard of a lot of these things, but this is just super enlightening. But before we end everything, I want to end this whole conversation just barreling back. Like I know like what you're doing, it does have a purpose behind it, you know? And one of the things I know with the vision for Seed the Shirt was to be a company that empowers people who have been traditionally marginalized. But I want to steer a little off, you know, we do talk about self-love on this platform a lot, but instead of asking you about self-love, I actually want to ask you about finding a purpose, you know, having a vision and how important that is. Because like I said, what you're doing has a lot of different compartments, which is amazing. You know, you're also contributing back to the earth. You're contributing back to Africa. There's just so many things that you're doing as opposed to just making apparel that's this huge background to it of course with you that you explain so just from a standpoint of having purpose having vision like your company is educating people is doing so much how important is it do you feel just having that vision having that purpose and a second layer to that question is what would you say to someone who may be struggling to find that vision and purpose they don't want to just be here and do nothing. They want to do something that also contributes to our in our society. So if you could just mesh all of that together. <laughs> mesh it together in two minutes or less. Thank you, please, Tamika. Um, <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, you know, I, and I hate the term I, right? But I, I will just, I have to speak in, in the I here, right? What, when I began to do this work, it, Honestly, it did not feel like work. I woke up every day with this fire in me to, to, to do the work that I was doing and to have this level of impact. It was this love that it was this love affair I had with, with the, not even the results, just the act, actions of knowing that we were embarking on this journey, embarking on this work to, to do something that was much greater than myself, right? And so um, I would say if, if you wake up every day and you're doing something and it doesn't feel like you're working, like you love to do it, honey, that is your passion. Right. Now, how do you take that passion, right? And turn it into purpose, uh, and I would submit to you is your purpose is how that passion intersects with helping people. Because at the end of the day, you're not going to be able to take these things with you, but people will always remember how you made them feel or how you've impacted their lives, negatively or positively. And so I, I always admit that you should, what, what you do in life 
and your purpose in life should be impacting people's lives in a positive way. And, and, and it doesn't have to be these grandiose programs, family. It could literally be, I am, I'm, I know that this food program that we're doing in our community that, you know, it's, you know, the free 99 free agent, people can come and get, these are things that, you know, are changing folks' lives in a very small way. And I say, if we're not, if we're not honestly, as, as a human race, as people, you know, having this human experience, not looking to do that, um, we have to start to question the why, right? Then why are we in these spaces? Um, so I just, I love the ability to be able to positively impact people's lives, to know that we're bringing about change, to, 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 to start restoring the things that have been t- taken or stolen from, from, from folks uh, over the years. I just, I love that. I love that work. And um, that's, those are my, those would be my suggestions. If you, if you love it, if you do it and you love it and it doesn't feel like work, that's your purpose, figure out how it intersects with impacting people's lives and do that every day on purpose. Mm. Uh, and that, that's my only suggestion. <laughs> right. Definitely being intentional and doing things on purpose. So I definitely co-sign that. Once again, this has been a very enlightening conversation. I just definitely appreciate your time and talking with you. Before we end everything, though, please tell everybody, you know, give all your contact information, website, everything, how they can learn more, because um, there's a lot of layers, like I said, to what you explained to us. So definitely give everyone your information, how they can reach out to you, how they can contact you, and definitely how they can learn more. Of course, thank you so much. It was my pleasure being here with you today as well. It's certainly an amazing conversation. People can find out more about Seed to Shirt at our web, on our website at seed, the number two, shirt.com on all social media platforms at Seed to Shirt. And if you want to reach out to me, I'm definitely uh, reachable on LinkedIn, Tamika uh, Peoples, and I'll be connected with the company Seed to Shirt. I thank you all so much for listening and hearing me out. And I hope that today has uh, given you a little more insight of the work we do and why we do it. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate what you're doing. And I definitely agree with what you said, just having some purpose, you know, doing not only having that vision, but like you said, if you're intentional, if you do things on purpose, especially when you do things on purpose to help someone, because we all, you know, we all want to be happy. Obviously, Mm -hmm. we want to gratification but it is important to just have a positive impact and definitely do something to help someone else so that Mm -hmm. we can have substance behind what we're doing so I really do just appreciate your message and what you're doing and much love to you I'm definitely going to check out information I definitely appreciate speaking with you so thank you so much for joining and I do hope that you know this audience definitely just takes in a lot of things that was said we definitely touched on a lot of topics that's important to our environment and I think right now especially the world that we're living in over the past few years we tend to overlook things that we can do to actually contribute to saving our earth and our environment so that is something important that we should take note of and once again be on purpose in everything that you do. Like we do live in a world where obviously we want to help ourselves, but it's also important that we look at the impact of what we're doing and everything we're doing on a daily basis. What is it doing to contribute 
in our society, in our community in a positive way? What is it doing to impact the world? So always be on purpose and be intentional in everything that you do. So I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. You can catch this one and many more. Just go ahead to www.thekeychat.com. You can have all the links to listen or watch these episodes. Thank you so much. And guys, remember to be safe and go love yourself. Go queen, go queen, go queen, go. Represent, you're a queen, you're a queen, oh.